Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's not halftime here on the Wesson Walker Show, but that's one of my joints right there. Classic Nas record off of Illmatic, one of the five greatest hip-hop albums ever, in my opinion. Maybe number one. I wouldn't... I. Or Cuban Links is my number one. People, Illmatic yeah. is right there. Nation of Millions, Public Enemy reference, too. That's got to be top five. Not in my top five, but I do respect Public Enemy. As far Enemy. as the meaning to the, the album, the anti-establishment album, the meaning yeah. is put in top five. We are not about to debate the <laughs> meaning to that album. All right, so you are back. Weston Walker Show, Garage Door Guru. Text line 704-570-9610. Hit us up on Twitter. Check out our video. It's going ham. It's already at over 1,000 views. Let's make it go viral. Let's get to 10K. Check it out on Weston Walker on Twitter and the WFNZ Twitter page as well. And as we return... Walker is going to update us. I know we've been hitting you guys with a lot of topics. You've been enjoying the day. We're getting a lot of text, so let's hear some of what's going on over there in text land. Um, somebody wrote in when we were talking about how I almost got dunked on. Joey from Huntersville said, you should have bodied that dude, Walker. Make him think twice, but there was no way I was going to get dunked on if I stayed in that lane. Trying to get to some of these other texters that did write in to your fire or fizzle. Moose wrote in that Grand Theft Auto was straight fire. LOL. Wow. He was surprised that you went... Uh, fizzle yeah. on GTA. Um, yeah, but I just remember I would have to get kicked out of the room because my brothers would like play Vice City or whatever, and yeah. they wouldn't let me see it. And so when they wanted to play on the PlayStation, that's good brothers. I mean, but yeah, or you could just play something different. I'm still mad at my brothers <laughs> for that. That's why that's I good played. brothers, man. Seven oh four said Mario Super Sluggers on Wii was all fire. While Luigi Nasty Southpaw. So don't know mm. if you played Super Sluggers on that. I did not. Uh, 980 number said, West didn't even mention the most popular two, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. The most popular two, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Well, I couldn't get to everybody, but yeah, they were great. I did that, love them. I'm, I'm sorry. Is that Mortal Kombat or Street Yeah. Okay, you I said you know. played Mortal Kombat like that. No, I didn't. I played, oh, okay, I played okay. Tekken. I remember when Mortal Kombat came out. It was such a big controversy. It was on the news. Like They were talking about it on the news. That was the... What's going wrong with America moment oh, for the, video games because it was so violent. Okay, I know what video game you're talking about now. Uh-huh. Have you seen Conan O'Brien and Marshawn Lynch and Rob Gronkowski all play like the newer no, versions I of Mortal Kombat? I bet it's crazy. Those are the most violent video things. Oh, I've I ever would seen love to life. I would love to sit in on the meetings when they come up with the finishing moves because you can do basic stuff. You can go punch them or something like that. But the finishing moves, I mean, they come up with some wild stuff to that, do. The video of watching Marshawn Lynch play Mortal Kombat is one of the best videos out there of all yeah, time. Yeah, Mortal Kombat has always just been the, the optimum of violence and gore in a fighting game. Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, wrote in, this would be a great NFL Combine interview question. Which video game character do you compare to most and why? That would be a it very would be. good one. So those are some of the uh, responses to your uh, fire or fizzle questions that you had regarding video games. Yeah, I mean, and I thought in the new movie, 
Some of the stuff that they did with Sub-Zero and Scorpion were pretty cool, but I thought it was so bad. I liked the original one, though. The original one was pretty good, the original movie. D- is Tekken cool? Like, I don't... I don't. Yeah, Tekken was dope, man. I, I, I couldn't get in. I mean, there was right. so much stuff I wanted to put, like Zelda. Even though I never played Zelda, I have great respect for Zelda. So somebody is mad, and I know you couldn't get to it all. They're yeah. not mad. Just play mad. But they were asking about Call of Duty and Halo. That's what I was saying. There was so many games I could have included, man. I mean, well, just Final Fantasy, a lot of those. Call of Duty, Fire Fizzle. I don't I mean, I don't play it. I know a lot of people love it. I mean, I would I would say it's fire because it's so popular. Same thing with Halo as well. Kyler Murray loves it. What about um, <laughs> what about Halo? Same thing. I mean, it, they would. I've read stories about guys who got so addicted to those games. They were talking about like athletes. It was one guy who you know he would get so mad and he would constantly break the game and then go back and buy it again. Halo is what he would. Yeah, do it was, yeah, it was Halo or Call of Duty, one of the two. I never. He was so addicted. It's a good song. The, the song is great. <laughs> well, I, have I told the story? The funniest thing I've ever heard is when they played the Halo theme music in the background on a March Madness game, I think last year, maybe it was two years ago, and Bill Raftery was on the call, and they started playing that music. He said, oh, man, I thought my time had come for one second. <laughs> 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 the pearly gates were opening. It's probably the funniest broadcaster moment I've ever seen from Bill Raftery. Yeah, man. So uh, those games are great. I mean, there's so many great franchises, and those are the two of the newer ones that are labeled classic franchises. I mean, Call of Duty drops. It's it's definitely up there. I went with one of my friends one time when it dropped to go get it as soon as yeah, the video man. game store opened. I didn't care about it like that. I never bought it, but my friends absolutely. Those are it. games I like to watch other people play that are in. Same, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Same thing for me. You want to bring us in with the PFF 101? <laughs> yeah. All right. So talking about pro football focus, we told you guys yesterday they had their bottom 75 come out yesterday. And today they revealed the top 25 to which we thought that Brian Burns was going to be a shoe in for this list. But folks, he was not. Brian Burns did not make the top 25. He did not make the PFF top 100. I'm shocked by this, to be frank. Um, You know, just with the numbers that he put up and him being regarded as one of the better young pass rushers in the game, I mean, I think this is a bit egregious. There's no way you can't tell me Brian Burns isn't one of the top 100 players in the NFL. And so what are your thoughts about this just off the top? Look, if they're going to go by their own evaluation and their own grades, I don't know how they do it, right? Because what, what they're probably doing is they have this panel or Sam Monson, who I believe is the person that wrote this entire list, if I'm not mistaken. And if he's just looking at all of the grades and then comparing them closely to the other grades, whatever, and that's all you're looking at, then maybe you would leave Brian Burns off the list because he wasn't one of the higher graded players. I mean, Wes, when you asked me if I expected him to be in the top 25, it was pretty dicey for me. I didn't, I I just, if you would have asked me at the beginning of this, does he make the top 100? I would have said like cake easy. And then when we got to 25, I was like, oh wait, he might not make it because I would not have put him in the top 25. Mm. I don't know if I would have put him in the top 50 as far as overall players in the NFL, especially with some of the names that we saw go before him. And so it was a weird variance. It's what I talked about, the dramatic size and variance that you could have where I didn't know if he was going to be in the top 25 or just be left off altogether. I'm not shocked, but I do think they're wrong at the same time, and they're just going by their own grades, I guess, from what they saw this season. Yeah, because we each thought he would be in the 20 to 25 range, and the guys that are filling those spots are A.J. Brown, 
Creed Humphrey, Nick Chubb, Max Crosby, Jalen Hurts, and Stefan Diggs. Studs. I mean, what can you say, right? Like, there are a lot of really good players in the NFL, and then when you go through every single position, some of these guys are going to be left off. And as much as I love Brian Burns, I'm not about to say he's better than Max Crosby. Max Crosby had a fantastic year this season. Mm-hmm. And so I can't, I can't argue that. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a top 100 player. I think the value certainly is there. I think the youth is something that's very valuable on Brian Burns' part right now, and so I think that's why there's one reason that the Rams would be willing to give up a couple first-round picks and even a second-round pick. But a lot of this is you know how valuable that spot is, edge rusher. We know getting after the passer is extremely valuable, and it's exactly what Ajero Averro talked about. Mm-hmm. It's If we want to create turnovers – because they have had a lack of turnovers forced the last couple of seasons. It all starts with getting to the quarterback. Brian Burns is the best guy on this team and one of the best guys in the league. I guess just not good enough to make the top 100 player list. And so when you look at that, we know teams like to use all types of things to try to you know, get that contract within the team-friendly zone. Is this something the Panthers could use in contract negotiations for him? No. And the reason they can't is because we saw exactly what that value was that the Rams were willing to give up in order to get Brian Burns. Now, I know they are big-time cap-strapped right now. I don't know how much money they're able to free up via trades or whatever. But I do think that there is a pretty high value because we thought about the Rams giving up a lot to go get Brian, and Carolina said no. We also had, I think, the same conversation surrounding Philadelphia. I mean, we had that convo about Philly maybe giving up a couple first to go get Brian Burns. And if if teams view him that highly, then I have to imagine there are other teams out there that are willing to pay him a lot of money, even if you don't think he's going to be top paid edge rusher. And I think there's an outside shot. I don't think he gets it. It doesn't mean I think he's better than Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa. It's just how the market works. We're, we're not, you know. We're not naive to this anymore. We know that maybe the best player is not the most highly paid. But I do expect Brian Burns absolutely to get top five money at the edge rusher position, and I don't expect that to be all that hard for him to go get. I think Carolina's going to have to pay for him. Yeah, I think it's, I think so as well. But I do think that these teams will try to use every metric they can to try to get contracts down, especially when talking to agents. I think this is something that could come up. Uh, you know, they could say, hey, you know, he's not even regarded as a top 100 player, you know, especially if the NFL top 100 comes out, which I highly doubt uh, that he won't be in there because where was he this past year? Uh, yeah, I think he was included, too. Right. I he forgot was. about that. But yeah. And, and I don't know how much teams invest into these lists and use that. Yeah, this as, past year he was number 76. Okay, I thought he was in the 70s. And so I don't know if Carolina or any other NFL team is looking at these lists and saying, hey, you're not in the top 100. We're not going to pay you like that. But, I mean, if you want to go down to some of the numbers, I, it's a weird negotiation process mm-hmm. because if you're Carolina, are you trying to prove that he's worse than he actually is so you can pay him less even though you value him a lot more? Negotiations are weird, man. Do you think that this gives them any extra ammunition, and I guess, too, for fans to trade Brian Burns in any scenario to move up to get a quarterback? Do you feel, does this validate the opinions of people who feel like that he is expendable? I think that he's going to be a trade piece that a lot of teams could get. I don't know if it validates what people think that don't like Brian Burns, right? I mean, we we both agree that 
there is a high priority on edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns has put up some very good numbers through his first four years in the league. He mm-hmm. finally got to that double-digit sack threshold, which people had thrown against him the first couple of seasons that he was in the NFL. So I do think, I mean, if you're talking about trading up to, what, get the first overall pick from Chicago, and we I know we kind of talked about that proposal that I forget what publication threw that out. Yeah, you could put that in place for a first-rounder, right? Like, I'm not giving up Brian Burns and multiple first. I'm giving up Brian Burns and maybe a first to move up, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I, ultimately, I don't know how much this – you know, credits what teams might think of Brian Burns. I don't know how much they're looking at this PFF list and saying, okay, because of this, this is why I'm not going to pay you or why I am going to pay you. But it is weird to see that he does not does not make a top 100 list. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's been interesting. Like I said, I thought he should have made uh, the top 100 at least. So, I mean, it's just a very, very interesting development and something, like I said, we thought was going to happen. That did not. But listen, we do have Hornets tickets to give away. We're going to take the uh, fifth caller at 704-570-9610 on on our uh, studio hotline here for tickets to the Hornets and the Heat this weekend. So uh, get your hands on that phone and call in and try to win you some tickets. And when we come back, we are going to bring you more. Wes and Walker have an ACC check-in, talk about confidence level for some of these squads. It's the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I got to ask, I feel like you're smiling for a reason. I see Wes smiling. And I saw Fiddy dancing, and it makes me happy. It's it's probably the happiest I get when I go into a segment. Are you laughing because it's Sheik Luch on the mic right now, or what are you laughing about? Oh, no, no. I was. I don't know why I was laughing, to be honest. It's okay. You can be in a good mood. It just sometimes <laughs> there's a reason behind it. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to question I was saying, this is thing. definitely a cookout song. It sounds it, like That's one. exactly what I was about to say, Wessie. Like you, me, you, me, yeah. man. yeah. Did you just call him Wessie? Wes C. I think you called him Wessie. Dude. Are you giving your partner nicknames? There is no way in hell that I would ever refer to him as Wessie. Oh, good job, Wessie. I mean, Wes would, I mean, justifiably want to fight me on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I said Wes, comma, C, not (laughs) Wessie. Probably, we can go to the tape if you want. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Was it Wes C uh, or Wes C? No, I promise the comma is in there. I promise you. And also, speaking of the texters and the listeners, big shout to Brad who called in and won. Cam tweets things said you definitely said Wes C. I didn't. I said Wes. <laughs> I just ran it together. It was just a run on sentence. I apologize. I put the comma in there real quickly. I do want to spread the message. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ 
the Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and Powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio. 927 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. There's a couple people saying that they're with you, Fiddy, and uh, I can't believe it. I missed it all, but people are agreeing with you. I don't even read all the text messages because everyone agrees with you. So I apologize, Wes. <laughs> That's demeaning. It's a weird nickname, and I will now refer to you as Wes or Wes Lee instead good. of Wes. That's all good. That's what I'm going to try to do now. Let's go to the ACC confidence meter and mm-hmm. then maybe sprinkle in some on- offensive line talk because that's what you played in college. But let's go to the ACC confidence meter with some of the local basketball teams. And let's start with North Carolina because that's the big storyline on top of NC State, who also had a very impressive showing against your Wake Forest, Demon Deacons. D- uh, NC State looks like a team that is going to be a tough out, not only ACC tournament, but also the NCAA tournament once they get there. North Carolina, they barely hold on. I mean, it was as bad a performance as you could ask for offensively in the first half. Second half, they really got it together. They came out, they were aggressive, they started pressing, and I think once they got back into that ball game right out of the locker room, then it was kind of back and forth, but North Carolina holds on. What's your confidence level in North Carolina right now? as far as them making any kind of run in the ACC tournament and then eventually maybe even making the big dance? Uh, my confidence in them is a one. Uh, I think this team, that they came into the season with every reason to be motivated, every reason to know what their potential could be. They were, in their words, a rebound away from winning a national championship, and I thought that that would power this team through the season and make them run roughshod of all who stood in their way, and they haven't done that at all. And they had moments to where, you know, after they lost the one game and they had the conversation, I believe it was after they lost Miami and having conversations. And if you don't want to be here, you know, you need to go somewhere else and things of that nature. And the team still proceeded to lose basketball games. And I don't believe it was after Miami, but uh, they, they still proceeded to lose basketball games. And last night, as poor as they looked uh, in that in that game, I just don't have a lot of confidence in them at all. All right, Fiddy, 1 to 10, what number are you putting on this scale of your confidence in North Carolina? In terms of them making the tournament, I'm at a 3. Yeah. Because I think they'll get Virginia and Duke at home. They played those two teams really tough away from Chapel Hill. Remember, the UVA game, Baycott left a minute and a half into the ball game. So I think they'll get those games back at home. Making a run, I'm, I'm with Wes. I'm at a 1. I mean, they might get a game, and that might be in Dayton. If this team makes the second weekend of the tournament, I'm going to be as surprised as I've ever been in a tournament run. I'll be more surprised if they make the Sweet 16 this year than when they made the Final Four last year. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you, too. I had three in mind just because I think there's a possibility. We're what's, three and D guys. What, what's hilarious, though, mm-hmm. is you and I, Fiddy, giving the number three to our confidence in North Carolina, we are talking about that in a positive tone. Like, because it's Wes going with a one, and here we are talking about, yeah, I give him a three. You know, I think there's a shot. Three is awful. Yeah. Like, three is a horrible number. Just to go to show you where we are with North Carolina basketball, (laughs) it's exactly the number I had in mind, and I feel positive about it. Like, Notre Dame, Virginia, 
after that performance against Notre Dame, where their backs were against the wall, and they put out the worst offensive performance ever. Bryant St. Ives, who does a great job putting out North Carolina stats, or maybe it wasn't him. I, I, I forget who the Twitter account was. But they put out, like, you could make an argument. It was the worst half of basketball in the organization, in the program's history. Well, from a percentage standpoint, it was. It was the lowest shooting half in the history. Well, since stuff been recorded, because I'd yeah. imagine, like, in 1910, it was a lot worse than 19%, but yeah, on record, that was the worst shooting oh, half. If you go to the 50s, though, Rosenbluth was giving you those buckets. They didn't have any bad <laughs> offensive performance on their championship run. Yes, three, and that is the more positive of all the outputs. All right, same question regarding NC State. I, I feel very good about them. I can go first here. For, with NC State making a run, I really like them. This team is awesome. Give me a 7.5. That's how confident I am in them making a run in the NCAA tournament because they're a shoe in. And I do think that when you talk about the best teams in the conference, it goes Miami number one for me. They're star studded. Fitty beat us to the finish line, but we joined him there at the end with Miami being the best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. And then with NC State, I, I I think NC State's not crazy far off. I'd still put them behind uh, Miami right now. Virginia just I mean, lost. It's Pitt. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not picking Pittsburgh. I'm going NC State over Pittsburgh. 100%. And I, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh's fine. But oh, NC yeah, State, oh, yeah. I'm oh, going why? with the talent. Seven and a half. Why? Their, be- st- their, their style of play in the tournament, where you got to deal with that press and all that stuff, it lends well in March. The thing about with, with making a run, Frenzy State, is that the second weekend? Because if they win, if they win a tournament game, for them, that's making a run. They haven't made the second wing of the tournament since 2014. But so, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, give give me, what kind of line are they on? Like a six, maybe? They were last night, they were a seven. So if you get a six or a seven, you know, there's actually pretty decent sized difference in those seeds, to be honest with you. I feel like that's a pretty big dramatic gap. But yeah, I feel like absolutely this team can make a run because they they have an NBA talent on their squad, Mm -hmm. right? Like Terquavion is going to be a first round pick. And the only reason he's going to go later in the first round this year is because this class is out of this world. It's, it's nuts what he's going against right now. And Joyner has been a revelation. They're playing well late. DJ Burns is coming on strong. We've thrown his name in to the ACC player of the year conversation. And that's maybe the third best player on the squad Mm -hmm. with DJ. He could have moved up. Seven and a half for them making a run. I really, I love this team. They're so much fun. Uh, I'm going to go with the six. Because NC State, to me, like I said, they have to prove it. Uh, their team right now, just their pedigree. I'm just not trusting them in big spots. I've seen inconsistent play from Smith and Joyner uh, down the stretch. Them getting Jack Clark back is big. Uh, like I said, Casey Morsell is one of the more underrated players in the league. DJ Burns has really stepped up over the second half of this season. But uh, we're really about two-thirds. But I just, with NC State, I have to see it to believe it. So I'm going to go six. But why don't you guys like Pitt? Well, I just don't like him as much as NC State. And I know Pittsburgh's had a good season. And by the way, one thing we haven't talked about is Jeff Capel's comments about the ACC network basically not making the ACC shine. Like, I don't know what y'all feel about Jeff Capel's comments. Did you hear those, Wes? I did not. Jeff Capel, basically, he was angry at the ACC network because he was watching it one day. Uh And one of the questions was... Is this one of the is, – is it as good as it used to be? I forget what the exact question was posed. Fiddy, do you have that? Well, the thing is, is that in a roundabout way, he's right. Because before last night, I think the Big East joined the ACC. As much crap as we've been – as we heard about the conference being down and the conference sucks. It's the only conference in the country with 520-win teams. People think it's down because Duke and Carolina aren't one and two seeds in the tournament. 
Duke's going to be a six or a seven. Carolina's going to be an 11 seed if they make the field. But from top to bottom, it's got the most 20-win teams in the country. And so from that standpoint, I agree with them. Like when your own network isn't promoting the good thing about your conference – and just moaning on what's bad, that's a bad look. But you reference one question. I mean, it's not 24-7 access on the ACC network to how bad our conference is. They asked the one question, and then he wanted to compare that to the Big Ten network and says he never sees it. Like, we don't have to be crazy homers, even though the one guy accused me of doing does that. Does anyone watch the Big Ten network, Jeff by the Cable way? Because I don't. Cap- Cable watches it all the time. <laughs> Jeff Cable, because he's got a friend that coaches in the conference, so he's always watching the Big Ten, and he knows exactly all the content that's on there in the Big Ten network. Yeah, I think one question about that is fine. Going back to Pittsburgh, they have the win against Virginia. And that's significant earlier in the season. But even if you look, and they, I guess they have to win against Miami. So I was going to say that they haven't beaten the bigger I'm saying, teams. They got shooters. I mean, when you talk about Blake Henson and Ellie Cummings. Do you believe in them Jameer's more than Burton? NC State? You yeah. Okay. Yeah. How? Because I like because like I said I think Pitt has shooters. You look at them; they're sixth in the ACC in scoring, but they're third in scoring defense. They're fifth in scoring margin. Uh, NC State is number one in scoring margin, and they're a couple of slots behind them in scoring defense. They are ahead of them in scoring offense. But uh, like I said, I just pose the question: Why don't you guys like Pittsburgh? But I mean, I think you know Blake Henson, Cummings, Jamarius Burton. Um, like I said, they do have the wins over Virginia and Miami. They went into Carolina and beat. Uh, North Carolina, Nike Sabande. Like, I mean, I like them. I think they're athletic. I think Federico, Federico uh, is a good rim running, garbage man, big man down great low. Name. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Pitt. <laughs> I think it's just for me, outside of Car- when they came to Carolina and won, I don't trust them to leave the Oakland Zoo and win games. I, I really That's don't. Fair. And, and so, you can like, say that for a lot of the ACC teams because there's not a lot of great away records well, in the league outside no, of a couple teams. The, the home records this year have been yeah. nuts. It's actually been crazy. That's kind of true maybe all across college basketball, like more so than usual is kind of the vibe I'm getting when you look at all the home records. I, I just think with, with Turquavion, even with the inefficient, and, and you can have some inefficiency too shooting with Pittsburgh. Like you, you have two guys that are shooting 38% from three or above, but if you rely yeah. on shooting, that can that can hurt you. I mean, Miami's seven and four away Virginia six and four Pitt seven and three so yeah Pittsburgh maybe I'm not giving him enough credit but I'm just going to go with the talent for NC State I think overall talent wise give me their big three over Pittsburgh's big three let's go to Wake Forest what kind of <laughs> what kind of uh, confidence do you have in your Demon Deacons especially after last night losing to said Wolfpack a two a one it's all it's all time low at this point yeah, right? I like, mean you know especially Monsanto's gone now but like I said, they lost too many key games down the stretch. They're just held to skelter. They can score with anybody, but they turn the ball over too much in big spots. They don't play def- lockdown defense when they need to in games. Like I said, I was worried all season long about them being led by a small guard, not necessarily having a second go-to guy because Monsanto, you know, he shoots the ball very well, but he's just very streaky, and he doesn't put it on the floor and go to the cup enough for me. So to me, Wake is really kind of missing that that true second guy that can that's capable of taking over games if Appleby has an off night. So yeah, I mean one. Two. So yeah, I mean the the argument that you could have had for Pittsburgh that eventually you kind of talked about the road records, right? Steve Forbes even acknowledged it when talking about their chances to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They haven't won the right games. Four and seven on the road. And Virginia, you lose. 
Pittsburgh, you lose. NC State, you lose. Duke, you lose. Those are four quality opponents in a row. And that was your four-game losing streak. And then when you had Notre Dame, North Carolina, Georgia Tech next on the schedule, you get all three of those wins, great. But then you don't beat Miami on the road or NC State. Like, that's the problem with Wake. And it's unfortunate. I want Steve Forbes to get there. I want to see the Deacons in the tournament. If I had to give a number to this, I'll be annoying decimal guy again. Four and a half feels right. Give me 4.5. Because I do like Tyree Appleby. Especially if Monsanto, if he's is he out for a while? He looks like he's that injury looked pretty nasty. Last so night. so we'll see. That that's a big deal if he's going to be out. But yeah, four point five. Tyree Appleby can do some nice stuff, but um, it's they're just not winning the big important games. What kind of number would you give to Wake Forest, Fitty? I'd probably go at a two, just because I mean with Appleby you got a chance because he's the most explosive dynamic guard in the conference. If, if I trusted them more away from home, this number would be higher because they're going to be a really tough out in the ACC tournament. But can I trust them to play and win two you know, back-to-back games, three games, four games? I don't know. And that's what they're going to have to do if they want to make the actual dance. All right, let's start with one of the more fascinating ones, and that's the Duke Blue Devils to me. Yeah. Because they lost to Miami and Virginia. It was a close one against Virginia. It was very not against the Hurricanes following their victory against North Carolina. But they're on a three-game winning streak now. They beat Notre Dame close, but they got the the win. They went to Syracuse and won. And then they beat Louisville. Not great opponents, but they got the job done. Mm -hmm. And yet, I feel confident about them. Mm -hmm. Yet, I feel like they are turning a corner. I feel like they are showing more consistency. And I think a lot of that has to do with what Proctor is showing you. And even Whitehead, who didn't have a great shooting night against Louisville, I just feel like you're getting more consistency with Whitehead as he eases into the season after his injury. And even like this is a team that has a lot of freshmen and they get better as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a common blueprint for some of these really talented, really young teams in all of college basketball. I, I would put, give me a 6.5. God, I know I'm annoying decimal guy. Give me 6.5 for the Duke blue devils. I, I, I feel good about them turning a corner. They have the talent to compete defensively. If people try to attack them inside, Derek Lively's going to swat it away. Yeah. I feel really good about the Duke blue devils. Uh, I'm going to go with the five on Duke because I just don't think they shoot the ball well enough. I know Tyrese practice coming around. Jeremy Roach has had his moments, uh, and I know Grandison is their kind of marksman out there, but he doesn't play enough minutes and have enough impact besides hitting the occasional three. I just think when it comes down to March, when they play against a team that can go on a run and, and, and get up on them like that, I don't think they have enough to battle back, nor do I think they have enough offensively to really get up on people. We know this team plays defense. We know that they rebound at three, three and six. Uh, away from Cameron, even though they're undefeated at home, they're three and two on a neutral site. But uh, you know, like I said, I just don't trust offensively. Filipowski is, you know, he's a really good player, but I just don't think that they have enough when they play against some of these seasoned teams with veteran players that can really shoot the ball offensively. Duke just doesn't have enough. Yeah, I'm at a four just because like the March is all about guard play. You've got Jeremy Roach. You don't know if he's going to be out there because he seems he, he seems to be injured enough, or uh, more often than not. And then Proctor's a freshman, and he's not you know a, a Tyus Jones type of freshman where I think on the biggest stage he's going to rise to the occasion. And so you know if if, if Mark Mitchell was more uh, more consistent, maybe that number would be higher. But I'm at a four because I don't think Filipowski can will them to the second weekend or even a Final Four run. Jeremy Roach is the guy for me. Do you get Michigan State, Texas Tech, Jeremy Roach in the tournament last year? Or do you get 
North Carolina Jeremy Roach where he went 2 of 11 from the field, even if he had some nice assists and got to the foul line, I think Jeremy Roach did kind of step up in some moments in the big dance. So if he can do that, then I feel great, especially with the way Proctor's coming around. But you're right. Like Jeremy Roach, he's been very hot and cold. That was somebody you were supposed to rely on heavily this season. Haven't been able to do that on a night in, night out basis. Rapid fire Clemson is really, really quick before we hit the break. I am. Zero. They're adding another yeah, to make the field. One. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But they lost to Louisville. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Like you can't lose to Louisville and have any kind of confidence. Not yeah. a point five. I'm not even going to give you that. Zero. You cannot lose to Louisville mm. and expect me to give you any kind of confidence on the one to 10 meter. Let's go to Fitty Flash. I got a 10 confidence meter that you're going to deliver on this one. What you got? All right, guys, we talked about this in the show yesterday, and I thought we would bring it back given what he did last night. So Brandon Miller not only played for Alabama, he had a 40-piece and then hit the game-winning bucket for the Crimson Tide's overtime win at a very bad South Carolina team. How much respect have you lost for the job Nate Oates is doing because there appears to be more emphasis on winning as opposed to accountability and being a good person. So the lawyer released a statement about how he didn't know why he was bringing the gun to Darius Miles. Of course. And I understand. And while uh, to me, like, I do think that more information is key when trying to give some kind of statement on whether Brandon Miller should be kicked off of the team or whether Nate Oates should be fired. What I don't think I need any more information on is not allowing him to play right now. Right? Like, the guy asked you to bring a gun. You did know that you were bringing a gun to Darius Miles. Correct. Maybe not. You didn't know what it was going to be used for. I hope not because that would be a huge problem. Then yeah. all of a sudden it becomes a lot more serious. But you were bringing a gun to a dude. And at that point, even with this PR surrounding you, that is all negative. Dude doesn't need to be playing right now. I'm not saying have some sweeping statement of kick him off the team, fire Nate Oates. I'm not even saying all of that because I do think that we might need to turn up some other things before we have those types of agreements. But Brandon Miller can't be playing right here right now. I don't care if he scored 50 last night. Not right now. I'm getting rid of him. I'm just going to be frank with you. I'm going to be strong in the opinion. I mean, I don't understand how you don't know necessarily if you didn't know he was going to murder somebody. What the hell are you bringing somebody a gun for? Anybody, any friend that tells me, all the kids listening, if you're listening, I know you're in school right now, but if you have anybody <laughs> that ever tells you to bring them a gun, that is not your friend. Let's go to the next segment, man. Let's get out of here. Okay. Man. All right. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, pop. So, so <laughs> what five, so Text in the garage door guru text line. One more segment to go. Wes and Walker. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. It's the Wes and Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. 
And this is your Black History Sports Hero of the Day. We're going to talk about one John Thompson. We talk about a lot of college basketball on this station, on this show. But did you know that he was the first black coach to win a national championship? When he graduated from John Carroll High School, he couldn't go to Georgetown and play basketball. Loved the coach. The coaches loved him. But Tommy Nolan, the coach at the time, told him that the university was not prepared to take on an African-American player. But when John Thompson stepped into the head coach position at Georgetown in 1972, he inherited a 3-23 basketball team, and he told them that one day they would be national champions. In 1984, 12 years later, he became the first African-American head coach to win a major college championship after beating Houston. He took the Hoyas to three NCAA Final Fours in four years, 1982, 84, and 85. He was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1999. In 27 years, John Thompson won an impressive, near, well, he won nearly 600 games, which is impressive. His team made his teams made 24 consecutive postseason appearances, 19 NCAA, five NITs and won seven Big East Tournament championships. 75 of his 77 players remained all four years and got their degrees, and 26 of his players were drafted in the NBA. Well, 75, let me clarify that because that can be a little bit of a confusing stat. 75 of his 77 players who stayed all four years received degrees. 26 of his players were drafted into the NBA. John Thompson was a towering man at 6'10". He knew big men when he saw them. You know some of the guys he's coached. Patrick Ewan, Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning. And in 2016, a statue of John Thompson was erected at the Georgetown basketball facility that was named in his honor. So salute to John Thompson with the towel on the shoulder. That is the image of him that I will always remember. And let's not forget, he is the father figure and favorite of one, Allen Bubachuk Iverson. Well, and, and many others too. And with John Thompson, we just talked about the stare down from Frank Robinson yesterday with the home plate umpire. A stare down from John Thompson meant that it was as intimidating as as it could possibly get. Yeah. Like that was and he was six ten. I mean, that's what I'm saying. To have that Oof. kind of towering presence, <laughs> and then to have somebody that was all with the business with you, like, and he would stare at officials. You could get some calls that way if you're John Thompson, oh, yeah. for sure. Seven fifteen winning percentage, crazy what he was able to do with Georgetown. So you're right, man. George, you've been coming up with some giants of the well, game. Need a hologram or something to come back and coach them right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I I bet John Thompson is a guy that could dunk even at. 50 years old. Yeah. I wonder if Dominique can still dunk because we know for a long time, late into his 40s, he was still dunking. Who is the guy that every single year he posts a video to social media because he wants to prove that he can still dunk? I forget it. Oh, and Vince Carter can still get up too. And I'm sure he's going to be a guy that even into his latter stages will still be able to flush. Well, now I have a video out there on social media. That's right. At 30 years old, I proved at least on those courts that I could dunk. And I'll tell you what, my core sore. I didn't do an ab workout yesterday. <laughs> I mean, my, stretch up. yeah, that's, that's I, I wonder if that's what it is. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, so there, there was just to give everybody a peek behind the curtain at what really happened. I mean, everything that we showed you, those are all the highlights. I mean, there's a that's reason it. all the misses are in there. Everything in order. I missed my first attempt on camera. Second attempt I made 
I did try to dunk it the first time and I got it and I almost fell down on the landing. Yeah. And Fiddy was laughing at me because it was like one of those cartoons slipping on ice where yeah. you just keep moving your feet. And I was all the way out of bounds because I had to run that far just to avoid falling down. Yeah, and it man. would have been embarrassing. But when you came out, we already knew it was going to be easy because you pretty much came out and dunked it as soon as we got there and how easily like there was little distance between the ball and the rim when you jumped up the very first time we got out there i said oh this is gonna be easy i promise you though it looks easy because i'm tall and it doesn't look like i'm trying that hard <laughs> i'm trying so hard when i'm jumping <laughs> i'm putting a hundred percent max effort into jumping and if you raise that if you raise that rim i don't know how much further like it's it's gonna be tough half six inches it's gonna be tough yeah I need I need all of the grip on the basketball. I mean, I could probably get it if I'm really warmed up and I got my gym shorts on and all of that. But I mean, I'm putting in max effort. That it is not like That's me. what she said. <laughs> that was so good too. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was really good. But I'm putting in max effort and I'm probably dunking it. Yeah. But I yeah, it was really hard. It was. Fiddy, why are you mad at me? Why is whenever I do something that's really, really good? Like I had a good joke this morning in the fishbowl. I hit you with the perfect that's what she said soundbite. There's no reaction. Like, it just, can you laugh? I need you to laugh. Do you have anything that you can offer me over there? I am laughing now. Okay, now you're laughing. But Mm -hmm. in the moment, why do you just deadpan? You're like, like, (laughs) I don't care if it's fake, damn it, laugh. What kind of laugh was that? I don't know. That was really, that sounded like a witch laugh. Why don't you describe to the people what it was like for you to make your first dunk? Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more so. Because Mac wants more fitty highlights. And I'd love to give them to him. Do you understand how out of breath I was like 45 minutes after the fact? Like I had to come in here and almost take a shower <laughs> to, to, to try to cool down. Like I went home and stuffed my face with fried chicken, uh, tater wedges, and macaroni and cheese. That's yeah. why you were dying. <laughs> <laughs> that is not exactly what people are going to uh, advise after a, a day out working out or something like that. I just realized that we're supposed to play in this celebrity basketball game for your, your mom, Wes, like mm-hmm. in two months. Mm-hmm. Three months, maybe. Mm-hmm. The amount of work I have to do to be able to complete the first half is going to be <laughs> it, it's going to be uh, mind blowing. Well, I'm going to get us 10 and we're going to have a 10 person rotation at least. So we'll be able to manage a minute. Oh, that is the worst when a couple people can't show up for that one game. So if you're playing in a league and there's a couple of people that have other well, plans down to like eight or seven. Oh, I mean, I've been in leagues where we only had five or six. <laughs> we lost that game. We did not win that game because I was way tired. One time in college, we had like this tournament. I forget what the cause was for basketball. And we were just completely mailing it in. And I went and ate a bunch of chicken and potato wedges uh, and then tried to play in the second half. And it was a no-go. That's what, that's what high school meals would be like, though. Oh, yeah. on, on the way, so we would be on the bus going to a state playoff game. And we stopped, no lie, at Sagebrush to eat before the actual game. This is a state playoff game. It's yeah. the first round because we didn't make it out of that. Yeah. I wasn't, you know. <laughs> and they yeah, let y'all order yeah, whatever? I mean, I th- it was probably chicken, but it was mashed potatoes and corn and heavy meal like bread and biscuits and stuff like that. <laughs> they absolutely brought that. I remember in middle school, you had the whole 
a certain parent would bring a meal before the actual game, we'd get like little singles from Wendy's and we'd have little McChicken, McDouble Burger things. From but at the, that age, you can roll it on pretty much anything. But in high school, the fact we stopped at a sagebrush before a state playoff game. Yeah. And I I was actually That's conscious That's fine enough. dining in Catawba County. It, oh, man. I mean, knowledge of, of food has come so far with people now because, like I said, why on earth you would feed a team that before games? <laughs> but they didn't know any better. We did not have any nutritionists right. on Bunker Hill's <laughs> coaching staff. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. Again, keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke. Ludwig at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.